0: Hello, this is Aaron Goldberg of CIO Marketing Services, welcome to our podcast. We'll be focusing on achieving the goal of enabling an organization to manage and leverage data as simply, seamlessly, and consistently as it does money. In this podcast series, sponsored by Informatica, we will look at the best practices and technologies that will enable optimal use of the data asset. We are at an inflection point in modern business, where the ability to leverage the corporate data asset is enabling new and exciting advances in business processes, product development, and customer interactions. We'll focus on how IT and management teams need to work together to bring a data platform to life and ensure it meets corporate demands. The Intelligent Data Management Cloud is an important technology solution that will speed deployment and success. Today, we're talking with Graham Thompson, CIO at Informatica. He'll share insights and experiences focused on how organizations can build a data platform that is consistent, integrated, and provides the foundation for using information in new and innovative ways within the organization. Welcome, Graham. Hi, Aaron. Glad to be here. And certainly glad to have you. Graham, let's talk about the huge differences in how an organization manages data and how it manages money. Let's look at some of the most fundamental issues, such as, do you know where it is? Do you have controls on it? What are some of the things that strike you?
1: Yeah, so I think you know if we if we accept the premise that data is an important asset, and I think we hear people talking about, about that all the time, so I think that's a generally accepted thing, that data is an important asset, then I think we should challenge ourselves to see if we are really managing it as such. So I like to use a... a an, an analogy between a CFO and a CIO. So, if you if you have a CFO and you ask them these three or four questions, you get predictable answers, and sometimes you get a a funny look of of course I know, of course I know all this. So, the questions are simply: Do do you know where all your money is stored? Do you know who has access to it? Do you have a way to categorize it into a common usable denominator? And bonus question: Do you have a process to direct it for? the most profitable purpose within your within your company. All, all CFOs are going to say, of course, I can do all that. So, so then if you swap uh the CFO for the CIO and swap the word money for data in those four questions, you know, there's so much data coming from so many different sources that most CIOs or CDOs would say that they don't know where all the data is. They don't know who has access to it. And um, they don't have a way to categorize it to make sure it can be, it can be used. So, can, can you imagine the CFO using the excuse that there's so much money and it comes from all over the place and it's always moving in and out, and exchange rates change over time? We can't possibly keep track of it all. Well, I would argue that as a CIO, if you acknowledge that the data is important, uh, then the defence that
0: you're using is would be equally ridiculous if the CFO tried to use it. You know, Graham, that's just such a great point. But there's more beyond this. The lack of organization and management of data, it's it's not just an operational problem, but could also soon become a regulatory or compliance problem as well. Is this an equally important concern?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. And um, and there's a couple of main reasons. One one is data privacy. I mean, how can you possibly demonstrate compliance if you can't tell where the data is and, and who has access to it? and then how it moves around the organization. So just that very basic thing, we all have to comply with these privacy regulations, whether they're the the regional ones like GDPR, or whether they're industry specific uh, expectations on data privacy in healthcare, for example. But if you can't demonstrate that you know where the data is, you've got no shot at complying with with these requirements. And the second reason is in support of basic financial reporting, the definitions of your business metrics like ARR need to be consistent and have clear ownership. And often these definitions are disclosed as part of your financial filings, but at least discussed with financial analysts.
0: So just for those two reasons, I think it's clearly a risk if, if it's not managed properly. It's very interesting to me because, Graham, I really appreciate what you're talking about because they're fundamental issues. And it's really not so much about technology, but it's really about the business operations and strategy. As a result, you know, we've talked about the differences in titles. Does a CIO need to focus less on kind of the the care and feeding, so to speak, of technology and more effort and attention to how to get the business where it wants to be? I mean, it seems like we're very much toward the latter. Yeah, I think so. So, you know, I think that in some companies,
1: the role of the of the CIO and sometimes the, the CDO, of the, if the CDO is the chief data officer, their role is more and more to create the linkage between the business objectives of the company and the, and the technology that's available to enable it. And often the CIO has a different perspective because we, we see what's going on in each of the major functions and how each function's doing their part to achieve the collective goal of the company. And we can highlight opportunities to leverage commercially available technology or build something to enable these these important outcomes. So I, I see the the CIO becoming the glue between what the business is trying to achieve and what the technology capabilities are that are available to achieve it.
0: Yeah, that's a change of role. And can a, can a CIO be successful focusing on these big picture issues rather than, you know, counting terabytes, cloud instances or laptops? Yeah,
1: yeah I think so. And really, I, I think that's where our focus should be. We as CIOs, we've been Looking for ways to to add value and and earn the the seat at the, the the table when business strategy is being discussed. And this, you could argue that the time is now to to take advantage of of that. And there's no there's no doubt though that the infrastructure that runs a company and the technology that all of our employees use across the world uh, to be productive and collaborate with each other, it, it's really important. I don't want to I don't want to undersell the importance of that. And I think since at least the beginning of the pandemic, it's been probably more appreciated, but it's not really what moves the needle in your company. I mean, if let's say you don't buy the analogy to money that we that we started with, but think about how you manage your physical infrastructure today. You have a CMDB, you've got controls about how you detect and discover endpoints and what's on those endpoints, and did something change on the endpoint? Uh, think about how much money and energy you spend on on all of that, and these are these are really the IT assets of the past. The the assets of the future are digital assets and data specifically, and the business outcomes that can be generated by effective use of these digital assets far outweighs the um, the value of of the, um, the the physical IT infrastructure that you're managing. It so should, shouldn't you at least put the same amount of effort and focus into managing these digital assets as you have done for years, managing your physical assets?
0: That's just a great point, because Graham, this data platform seems foundational. You know, you need the availability of a consistent, documented, cohesive data platform, because that's going to drive and enable so many of the digital transformation projects or activities that really are the strategic imperatives. If you don't have that data foundation, really, you're, you're building on a house of sand, aren't you?
1: Well, at Informatica, we certainly believe so. I mean, even think about the most basic process automation and how it relies on having the right data available. You know, improving your customer experience requires a 360-degree view of that customer, and it, it requires the ability to segment customers and contacts. And then, of course, you need a common definition of what a customer really is, and you know, sometimes it's most easily demonstrated in a, in a common analytics scenario where a consistent definition of calculated terms, data lineage is all required uh, to have a common, and it's required to have a common data source that can be used and trusted by multiple multiple functions. So think about, you know, every time you're in a meeting and someone produces a metric, notice how often someone asks a question about how the data was sourced and what the calculation is. That's time you could be spending discussing what to do about the metric. And it tells you that as a CIO or a CDO, you've got the opportunity more than probably anyone
0: else in the room to solve that problem. Yeah, it's a great point. And that's even if the other people in the meeting accept your definitions, which isn't always the case. Yeah. You know, it seems to me if an organization organizes their data, won't a lot of these transformational solutions, the analytics, uh, becoming a data-driven business, all those initiatives be much simpler to build and deploy? You know, what's your experience as a CIO solving these problems?
1: Yeah, so what, what I would say is that the marginal effort required to do anything new will be much reduced because you don't have to do the the go-get-the-data bit, which is usually step one in any interest in business problem or or new opportunity, the, the first thing you have to do is go get the data. So let's say at, at Informatica, we wanted to automate um, a marketing campaign for only those contacts in Fortune 1000 accounts in North America, in financial services or hospitality that also currently use our cloud products and they have more than 80,000 employees. Um, and then we want to track responses and pipeline creation by sales territory score those leads that come in based on a custom scoring model. If we wanted to do all of that, and that's a reasonable ask to go do that. If you had to start from scratch, it's going to take weeks. It may even take weeks to agree on the the population of accounts that make up the F1000 in financial services and hospitality. So we, we can do that in a matter of hours. The customer data already exists in our MDM system. It's segmented using CDP, the customer data platform. And we have our data warehouse on Azure supported by all of our own data integration, data quality, and data governance products. So because all that foundational hard work's already done, we can get straight to delivering the, the, the business outcomes. So, so it's a long answer, but really the it's about setting the foundation and then the marginal effort of everything else you do on top of that foundation will be, will be much reduced.
0: You know, that just, it, it makes perfect sense. And I want to ask kind of a little bit of a technology question that builds on that, which it seems some IT professional preach the change everything approach. You know, if it existed before, you know, 2017, we don't want to use it We need to migrate from it. But it seems to me leveraging data that exists today, even if it's in legacy systems, even if it's on a mainframe, is it, it could be a lot faster and more efficient in terms of getting that solution like you described for the F1000 hospitality financial service accounts. In place. Is that your experience? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the reality that most CIOs
1: face today is really we're all in a, a truly hybrid environment where, you know, some, maybe, maybe most applications are in the cloud now, but some are still going to be on prem. Your data warehouse might be on prem or in the cloud, or maybe it's not even a global data warehouse yet. Maybe it's still uh, at the, the, the department level and it needs to be made global. But there's certainly useful data, raw material, at least contained in all these legacy uh applications and, and the new the new cloud applications. And CIOs, we can't we can't wait until all the technical debt is eliminated and we have a clean cloud-only application architecture. I think you have to start now. And and the good news, I think, is that there's multiple on-ramps to a better state of data management in, in your company. You you can start by modernizing how you integrate applications using cloud data integration, then use that same data integration for ingestion into a data warehouse. Or you could start with data cataloging to get a handle on where your important data exists, where it came from, and then put some governance around the definitions of that so that it can be used safely across a company. And each step that you do opens up incremental opportunities. So I think the most important thing is to, to acknowledge what you got um, don't be afraid of all the technical debt and the hybrid environment that that we're all really living in and just start and pick a partner that can help um, throughout the entire journey. You
0: know, Graham, one of the IT professionals I've known for many years has a great practice that after every project, they write down the three things they wish they'd known beforehand. Kind of going in the same direction with you, what advice do you have for CIOs embarking on enterprise scale digital modernization efforts? What would you tell us to do? Yeah, so it's
1: all—it's always um, it's good to get other people's perspective. I'd be happy to share to share mine. So, this—it's it, not like uh, an ERP implementation or a typical software project with the objective of delivering a, a few uh, business outcomes that have been defined up front. It's really a new way of thinking, and it involves it involves embracing the fact that the data is an asset, and. That your business needs to be prepared to treat it that way so going back to the money example i mean c- can you imagine the mess if, if each function had its own money coming in and out and they were all optimizing it for their own uh, benefit at their own level with no way to inventory it, aggregate it use it to invest and that's probably how your data has been managed today but there's an expectation from executives across your company that despite this it can be used productively so you need to go over that first and you may be lucky and your business peers already acknowledge this. If so, just start somewhere, pick a, pick a high stakes use case and work through it. Find something that's not going to take uh, a year, you know, so that you've got some quick, quick wins and then, and then find a partner that you trust to to help you. Someone who's helped other companies do the same thing. And um, with regard to your, your comment about technical debt and, it would be great if you had a clean slate. I think it's important to keep the end in mind. But don't don't try and solve it all at once. But I think the most important thing is start Um, your competitors
0: probably already have. That's a great point. Graham, thanks so much for your time today and the insights you've given us. More importantly, the CIO perspective. I really love the way you differentiated between how we manage and document money and how we do the same for data. A lack of discipline in the management and integration of data makes it impossible to run a data driven business. At some point, the inconsistencies and hidden flaws will impact the organization. You can't live on luck. This is Aaron Goldberg for CIO Marketing Services and our sponsor, Informatica. Thank you for your time, and we hope you enjoy the rest of our podcast series. This series is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast has been produced by IDG Communications Incorporated Doing Businesses Foundry in conjunction with our sponsor, Informatica.